You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Wednesday, August the 4th of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today. Despite having a rough game to talk about, as John Lester struggles in his Cardinal debut as the Cardinals fall 6-1 to last night against the Atlanta Braves, losing Game 1 of that series. We're going to break it down on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. We are brought to you today by Spotify Green Room. Be sure to download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked on Rooms. And if you missed it on my tw- on the uh, Cardinals Instagram and Twitter, Locked on Cardinals Instagram and Twitter, which is at LO underscore Cardinals, by the way, we've got a big announcement coming your way here shortly. It's a big one. It's a fun one. And I cannot wait to, to get it going. Um, and so so stay tuned for that big announcement coming for the show. And it, it's, it's going to be a fun one, and I'm looking forward to it. Just, just be on the lookout for a big announcement coming soon. Cannot wait here on Locked on Cardinals. So... Let's go ahead and get into the game right away. Let's not waste any time. We're talking about John Lester today, talking about the offense, talking about the lackluster game that the Cardinals played today. John Lester, final line, five innings, nine hits, six earned, two walks, four strikeouts, did give up the long ball twice, one to Jorge Soler, one to Freddie Freeman on a hanging breaking ball. And despite my wonderful performance with John Lester on MLB The Show two nights ago, John Lester apparently did not get the memo and did not pitch as well as I did with him, um, but but that's okay. You know, some some guys don't always pay attention to locked on MLB the show, but nevertheless, Lester did not pitch well. Final line, like I, I just mentioned, it, it it was it didn't get off to a great start, and by not a good start, I mean got off to an atrocious start as the first seven men who come to the plate get on base. Here was the first seven men: walk, home run, single, single, single. Walk single. Seven seven at-bats or seven plate appearances, seven men on base. That is the worst way to start any game, especially your debut. And it, it was just brutal to watch as well because no matter what you thought about John Lester, I think, think most of us thought, oh, maybe he can turn back the clock a little bit. Maybe he can... You know, give us give the Cardinals a couple inning or a couple quality starts here and there. I had confidence in him going into in, into the start. I'll be honest, but it it just didn't come to fruition. And he talked about how he had some some jitters, and he had you know wasn't able to settle in. It felt like he was down too well to get hits, and it just didn't didn't work out for him. Um, and he said one of his quotes that he did mention in uh, in the post game interview quote it just kind of maybe sped up on me a little bit maybe a little bit jitters trying to do too much early on nibbling a little bit putting myself in some bad counts from there on I can live with the outcome after that but anytime you put your team down five in the first is obviously never very good for us end quote to hear John Lester say us referring to the St Louis Cardinals is still bizarre. And I'll say this, was this a good start? No, it was not. Anytime you give up six earned, it's rarely ever, if ever, a good start as John Lester gets tagged for his sixth loss of the year, and then his ERA jumps up to 5.38. I will say this, if Yoan Oviedo or Jake Woodford surrendered five runs in the first inning, do I envision them going five innings? No. 
John Lester was able to do something as a veteran that those two young guys were not able to do. So to me, that that is the one positive, the one positive from John Lester's start, minimal. And you you, you can even say it doesn't matter because the results were six runs. That's all that matters. I'm just going to say the one positive that I will give credit to John Lester for, gutting through, getting through five innings, helping save the bullpen. The Cardinals used the same amount of starters, same amount of pitchers, rather, as the Atlanta Braves did. Four. John Lester, TJ McFarland, who has been very underrated as a Cardinal, Luis Garcia, and Justin Miller all pitched today for St. or one two, two excuse me Tuesday for St. Louis. A small amount of credit, or credit, a respectable amount of credit goes to John Lester for being able to get through five innings. However, like I said at the top of the show, we're at August fourth here, ladies and gentlemen. It is, it is talk or walk out right now. It, it is, it is prove that you're able to be in the playoff hunt or get out of the playoff hunt. And the Cardinals sitting at fifty three and fifty three are probably proving themselves to be out of the playoff hunt. With the Dodgers, uh, or sorry, with with the um, with the way that the other standings look, the Dodgers lost, but the Cardinals are now 7.5 back in the National League wild card and double digits, 10 back of the Milwaukee Brewers for first place in the National League Central. National League Central, in my opinion, you, you can almost kiss it goodbye. Like, it's the Brewers to lose, unless they have just an absolute falling out. It's the Brewers to lose. Wild card, it's the Dodgers and Padres to lose. The Cardinals have two teams in between them. Uh, Philadelphia is seven back and Cincinnati five back. Uh, it just so happened that it worked out that the Brewers and Reds also both lost. So the Cardinals didn't um, didn't didn't lose any ground. They already came in 10, 10 games out. But like I said, you kiss that goodbye. So what I mean by that is we are in August 4th. It is prove it or get out of the, get out of the room. And the Cardinals are not proving it. If this was, you know, maybe April 4th or even May 4th, and you say, oh, yeah, you're able to get through five innings and keep the team in the game, that, that that's a good enough start. That's okay. You can squash it, learn from it, move on the next start, and be better. We are no longer at that point. I, I've said it till I've been blue in the face. I've said it over and over again. It's, a, it's something that has been true almost every single game. When the Cardinals pitch well, they win. There are very little if, ands, or buts about it. When they do not pitch well, they do not win. That is why they saw a need for innings at the trade deadline. And for good, better, or worse, they acquired J.A. Happ and John Lester in hopes of securing those innings and in hopes of filling those innings with those two starters. However, I did not think that they envisioned John Lester giving up six runs in his first start. Did again, this is one of those things where, where if you take away the first inning, if you want to put a real positive spin on it, you know, like I said earlier, you take away the first inning, it was a remarkable game for John Lester, and it was a remarkable game for the bullpen, and it was a decent day for, for the pitching staff as a whole to take out that first inning. However, sadly, that first inning very much so counts, and the Cardinals cannot do anything about it. I'll get to the offense in just a moment and how pitiful they were, giving credit as well to where credit is due, but to how pitiful they were, but nevertheless, point still stands. Cardinals need innings to, from their starters to win. Cardinals need quality starts from their starters to win. And I don't necessarily mean the stat quality. I just mean they need good quality starts for their pitchers to win. They did not get that from John Lester yesterday. And they lost. Plain and simple. John Lester needs to be better. He knows he needs to be better. I'm not trying to, to nitpick or anything of that nature. But this just proves that, that these two moves that the Cardinals were 
I don't know if they were high on, if they were selling it super well, but they were spinning as net positive moves for the Cardinals, giving up Lane Thomas, giving up John Gantz, as well as a prospect in Evan Sisk. And after one start, I get it. It's one start, but one start has proven, or one start has shown you at least, that the, these moves are not quality moves. John Lester, 37 years old. J.A. Happ, 39 years old. It, it, the, the, these veterans, the, the upside is there. I can see. I, I get it. The ups, the the best case scenario is definitely there, where they find some resurgence. A change of scenery helps, but at the same time, re- the results speak for themselves. Unless they start, one can only hope and pray and beg <laughs> that JA App pitches uh, a little bit better than his uh, counterpart and John Lester did, and then his Cardinal debut that comes up tonight. I'll get into that a little bit more. I talked about JA Happ and broke that down on yesterday's. Sh- show so if you want to listen to that listen to that as well uh, but before I talk about Jay Happ, before I talk about Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty as well as we have updates on both of them um, I'll be talking about the offense here in segment number two which was not very good tonight at all one positive and it was an outfielder and I will share the positive of that outfielder coming up in segment number two uh, before that wrap up on John Lester all you can do, like I mentioned, you, you have to scrap it up and look forward to your next start. That's all you can do. John Lester is a professional. He's been here, done that. He's got to be able to go five innings and give up closer to two, three, four runs, not not six runs. So hoping for better things next time out for John Lester. And I'll be talking about the offense uh, after we come back from this short break, uh, giving a word from our wonderful sponsors. Today's title sponsor is Green Room. Greenroom is the first social audio platform that's made for sports fans. This app is free and easy to download. Once you're in, you can talk with me, sports fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. You can finally join in on the conversation that you listen to here every day. Greenroom is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Greenroom for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to the biggest news or rumors. Go download the Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create our aid profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at LJ Fastball to be notified when my room goes live, and I know you won't want to miss it. And I'll be planning on being live at some point this week, so download the app. Follow me at LJ Fastball to be notified when I go live, and I'll be sure to see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Cardinals are somehow able to muster up eight hits, uh, just one extra base hit, which was a Tyler O'Neill double. They go two for eight with runners in scoring position and leave six runners on base. Harrison Bader had a three strikeout performance. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt combined for an 0 for eight. The one through five of the lineup was one for 12 with five punch outs. That just cannot happen in a lineup. Like this, because say what you will about this lineup, I believe that there is talent on this lineup that just hasn't come to fruition. Maybe Tommy Edmond isn't the answer at second base, and maybe Edmundo, I know Edmundo Sosa and Paul DeYoung are not the answers at shortstop. But I do think that there's more talent than it, than is being shown right now. Tommy Edmond, or not, I'm sorry, Dylan Carlson is, in my opinion, going to be better than a 255 hitter and a 751 OPS. 
He's, he's he just goes through these stretches where he, he struggles to find solid hard contact, and it just seems like he's in one of those now. He's not barreling up the baseball as much. And same thing with Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. Both these guys have the opportunity, have have the ability, I guess I should say, to carry a team, and they just have not been able to do that at the same time for an extended period of time. Nolan is playing very well. He's 8 for his last 24, but now Paul Goldschmidt is 5 for his last 29. So they just seem to keep flip-flopping as to who's hot and who's not. And to me, whenever you have only one of these guys that's that's on fire or that, that is swinging the bat well, then you're able to pitch to the to the other one that is not struggling and it makes this lineup not as deadly. Because when both these guys are going, but we haven't seen it yet at the same time for an extended period of time, but when two guys of Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnauto's caliber are going at the same time, that lineup can be pretty deadly. We're just not seeing that right now. You go the other spots of the lineup, the one positive, Tyler O'Neill. You, th- you thought, ooh, maybe struggling a little bit, might be on a bit of a, a bit of a slump, you know, coming into this, um, in- including last night, actually, he's still just 14 for his last 57 with two bombs. That's just a 368 slugging percentage. But last week has been better, 7 for 24, home run, throwing another double last night, drove four walks in his last seven games, which is something that we would not expect. But Tyler O'Neill, 3 for 3, had a single, two singles, I'm sorry, and a double, throwing a walk as there for Tyler Broneal, as walks don't tend to be his uh, strong suit, but his OPS is above 840. That is not something that we have seen from Tyler O'Neill in the past, his career high in OPS up to this point in his career, in his brief little four-year career, um, has been 803. That was in limited playing time in 2018. Two years ago, 723. Last year, 621. This year, like I mentioned, back up to 840. Large part in due to slugging. 509 is his on-base percentage. is still just 331. But if Tyler O'Neill is a 271, 331, 509 slash line for an 840 OPS, hitting 17 bombs in 84 games, I think you'll take that because this is the most we've seen Tyler O'Neill in an entire season. Most games, most at-bats, most hits there, you know, but, but the most playing time that we've seen from Tyler O'Neill, and he has impressed. Every player, whether you're a Mike Trout or me, is going to go through ups and downs and struggles throughout the season. We're seeing Harrison Bader go through a struggle right now after going on an extreme hot streak. Has cooled off and come back down to earth. I don't think anybody, or at least I didn't, expect him to hit 350 for the rest of his career. Um, but he, he struck out three times on t- Tuesday, and it seems to me, I tweeted that, that he, he was taking a lot of just first-pitch heaters just right down the pipe. And when, when Harrison Bader starts taking heaters down the pipe, that's when he starts really struggling. It happened in his first at-bat when he got called out on strikes. When this when this Cardinal team as a whole even takes first-pitch strikes, that tends to be an issue, but Harrison Bader even more so. Because if you get ahead of Harrison Bader and you can execute a good slider, he's improved on the breaking balls. His averages are much higher this year against breaking balls than normal. But still, definitely a weakness in his game is that breaking ball. 100%. But again, to focus on more of the positives from the offense was Tyler O'Neill. Like I said, 3 for 3, putting it all together and made an incredible leaping grab just in front of the wall at the warning track in left field as well. And this just goes to my point that even when these guys don't impact the game and again, in this case, Tyler O'Neill did impact the game with a bat. But even when they don't, they all have the ability, day in and day night, day in and day out, excuse me, to make head-turning, spectacular, just spectacular plays in the outfield. 
They've all got plus arms. They've all got incredible range. They're a really solid outfield, in my humble opinion. And we saw Carlson and Bader struggle. Both went one for four. Carlson had a strikeout, and Harrison Bader struck out three times. But Bader, even and you could even say, oh, that single is a weak hit that the third baseman kind of cut off. If, if you missed it, Bader hit a chopper to the left side. The third baseman, Austin Riley, kind of went over to cut in front of Swanson, Danzy Swanson, the shortstop, but didn't make a play for the ball. Swanson kind of got handcuffed with it, went off his glove, and Bader was safe. Even if Swanson gets to that ball, there's no way, in my opinion, that he throws out Harrison Bader. Austin Riley might have had a chance, but then there it is again with Bader's speed. When he puts the ball in play, things tend to happen. Especially when you put the ball on the ground hard, things tend to happen for Harrison Bader. And that's the case for all three of those guys. That's even the case for Tommy Edmond, for and Mundo Sosa. They showed the the sprint speed in in the broadcast and how quick these guys are. Cardinals do have some speed on this team. I think that this offense is at its best when they are moving, when they're running, when they're putting the ball in play, when they're not striking out a ton. And I think that that's what we saw early in Mike Schultz's tenure. We've seen it at you know bits and pieces throughout, but this offense seems stagnant, seems boring, seems dull whenever they're not running and moving. And when in a lineup that has a Dylan Carlson, a Paul Goldschmidt, a Nolan Arenado, a Tyler O'Neill, at times even a Harrison Bader. More times than not, he's he's exciting one way or the other. But you have these names you would expect this to be a very exciting, potent offense, and they just haven't been able to put it together. I think that they're a better team than they were in June. A lot better. I think that they're a better team than they played in July, just a game above five hundred. They're playing a lot better ball post-All-Star break. They, they've just dug themselves too much of a hole, and now they can't seem to get more than one game above five hundred before sinking back down. They won against the Twins to go a game above, and they lost to go back to 500. They won another game against the Twins on Sunday. Off day Monday, lost to the Braves on Tuesday, back at 53-53. and 53. And what, what sucks is whenever they lose, the Reds and Brewers tend, tend to lose. And whenever they win, the Reds and Brewers tend to win as well. So they're not making up any games. All the Cardinals can do now is throw this game away. Throw, Lester's got to forget about this game. The offense has to just forget about this game, unless your name is Tyler O'Neill, and maybe even Yachty, who had two hits. Forget about it. Throw it away. Come back and turn it around today. On Wednesday, you have to turn around and win series. At this point, it doesn't matter if you win the first and the third, the second and the third, first and the second. Series have to be won. Every single series you know, as an athlete, every series is a must-win series. It's a cliche, but every series from here on out for the St. Louis Cardinals is a must-win. The offense needs to be better, and the starting pitching needs to be better. Period. End of story. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. This this game last night for the St. Louis Cardinals was an absolute dud. They did not play well. Again, Max Fried was good. Struck out seven. Breaking ball was good. Not not to just say the entire thing was the offense fault. Offense's fault. I know a lot of people get mad at Mike Schultz saying, oh, we've got a two-bar count to the pitcher. Max Fried was good last night. 100%. He was good. He was on it. But going forward, this offense needs to be better. And one, one would expect the Cardinals do win tomorrow today to get back above 500 because that has been the pattern. However, at the same time, the Cardinals do have J.A. Happ going today. And if, if John Lester's Cardinal debut was was an omen for other Cardinal debuts to happen this season, a.k.a. J.A. Happ's Cardinal debut. Not a lot to look forward there. Uh, so that'll take the end for segment two. Uh, before I wrap up and get my final thoughts, segment 
segment three, talking about Miles Michaelis, talking about Jack Flaherty, talking about what happens when uh, they both come back, and it could be, could be pretty soon. Uh, but but again, th- this game was a dud. Wrap it up, throw it away, forget about it, move on, win the next game, win the series, and just take it one game at a time. So talk about Flaherty, Michaelis, and Hap all coming up here in just a moment. Built Bar, you have the freedom of choice with the best tasting protein bar in the market. Why do you have the freedom of choice? Because Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that whatever you choose, you can't go wrong. You got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and even the occasional limited time flavor. My mouth is watering just thinking about my Built Bar package that's coming in in the next couple of days. And I ordered myself some double chocolate bars because you know that I love some double chocolate built bars. If you haven't tried all the flavors, don't worry. Get yourself a mix box. You'll get two of each of the flavors, and they're all tasty, but they're incredibly healthy as well. All bars are 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So order today. What are you waiting for? Get the orange, get the double chocolate, get the strawberry, whatever you'd like. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. How about that? So go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at checkout at Built.com. So, if, again, I, I talked more in-depth about J.A. Happ's start tonight on Tuesday's episode of Locked On Cardinals. So if you want to get an in-depth breakdown of his pitch mixes and things of that nature, as well as Drew Smiley, who goes tonight for the Atlanta Braves, uh, check out yesterday's show. But I, I will go into to matchups real quick before I get into Flaherty and Michaelis. Um, but for Smiley, no Cardinal has more than five at-bats against Smiley. Arnado's one for five. Bader's one for two. DeYoung is one for four with a couple runs driven in. Um, Goldschmidt is one for three. Other than that, it n- none of this is really worth it because since it's only just since it is such a small sample size. But I always enjoy looking at uh, splits against pitchers more so than I look at splits against entire teams. But uh, but but nevertheless, not a lot of experience for Cardinals against Smiley. When you're looking at the Braves against J. A. Happ. Uh, Guillermo Heredia is 273 and 11 at bats. Jorge Soler is just two for 12, uh, 167 batting average. Uh, uh, Kevin Smith is four for nine against J. Happ. No home runs, no RBIs against J. Happ for many of these guys. Abraham Almonte is 0 out of eight. So a little bit more sample size, a little bit more looks against J. Happ for the Braves rather than against Smiley for the Cardinals. If the Cardinals need to win this game to win the series. That's how math works. you got to take two out of three. And I know the Braves have improved immensely since the trade deadline, but this is still a below 500 team as it stands. Cardinals need to be able to beat up on below 500 teams. So let's go and get into to Flaherty and Michaelis real quick as Jack Flaherty um, looks to make another rehab start uh, thinking about um, or reporting might, might be on Friday. But uh, Jimmy the Cat Hayes, Tweet, er, reporting during the game that Jack Flaherty is getting a little bit frustrated even with the uh, amount of time it's taking him to get back and how he just wants to get back on, on the on the field and play. I think Jack Flaherty is going to make a return sooner than expected. That's the kind of animal he is. 
His last rehab start went pretty well, according to Katie Wu. Seemed to be looking, working on his breaking pitches a lot. So maybe you know you got to look more at the process there, more so than the results for a guy like Jack Flaherty. So I, I think Flaherty comes back sooner than we expect. And then Miles Michaelis made another rehab start on Tuesday for Memphis, going four and two thirds of an inning, giving up four hits, an earned run, a walk, and three strikeouts. 43 strikes out of 67 total pitches. So he's starting to ramp it up just a little bit. And Jack Flaherty was one of baseball's best pitchers coming in, or I'm sorry, but before he before he got hurt, he was looking maybe not quite like his 2019 second half self, but he was 8 and 1 with a 2.90 ERA and a whip of 1.03, 67 punchouts in 62 innings. ERA plus of 131, a FIP of 372. I'm sorry, a FIP of 372, striking out nine and a half per nine. So he was looking really good. So him, you, you can expect Jack Flaherty-like things, or one would expect to expect Jack Flaherty-like things. We, we, we've seen little to no reason to doubt that. He had a, a weird 2020 when he had his ERA bloated by a bad start. But Jack Flaherty is was pitching like the ace that we expect him to be. You never know what you're going to get from Miles Michaelis. Miles had a really good debut for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2018, but then since then has has struggled. He led the league in losses in 2019, had an ERA north of four that year, did not play in 2020, one start this year. So you just never know how healthy he's going to be and how consistent he is going to be. But he did pitch well in that one start, giving up uh, an earned run in four innings, just three hits striking out three, walking one before being pulled against the Chicago Cubs. And his ERA plus for that start was 185, for what it's worth. So when both these guys come back, you would you would imagine Wade LeBlanc gets pushed to the bullpen. And in my opinion, whoever is pitching worst of J.A. Hepp versus John Lester, they get pushed back to the, or I'm sorry, they, they get DFA'd. I don't think you're going to put either one of them in a bullpen situation. I think whichever one is pitching worse is going to be DFA'd and released, and and that'll be it for for them as a Cardinal. But I think the Cardinals need to get Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty back, even just to give the the Cardinal fans give us something to watch, because I think, that in my opinion, a lot more people are going to tune into a Cardinal game to watch a Miles Michaelis or a Jack Flaherty versus a J.A. Happ or a John Lester. No disrespect to Happ or Lester. So hopefully Jack Flaherty and Miles Michaelis continue to rehab well and continue to their, their body continues to respond well after starts because it's all about recovery and, and how their body re- reacts and, and is able to recover and then get ramped up for their next start after that. So hopefully everything is well there. And hopefully even again that J.A. Happ is able to turn in a, a decent start against the Braves tonight and debut well for St. Louis, unlike John Lester. Maybe John Lester can give J.A. Happ some pointers and saying, hey, this is how I went about it. This is what, you know, this is what I did, and this is how, why I struggled. Do something different and do better than I did. We can only hope as St. Louis Cardinal fans. So, on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Cardinals, I'll break down J.A. Hub's performance and talk about, hopefully, what he did right in his Cardinal debut. But until then, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. Before I let you go, just a few points. Be sure to listen to Locked on Bets to win yourself some money. So uh, subscribe to Locked on Bets for blowout specials, wrong team favored, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. It is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. 
And here's a hint for the special uh, announcement. You might have another place to subscribe to the show coming up here in another week and a half. That's all safe for now. So, until I talk to you next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.